let's go ahead and open our Bibles today. We're opening our Bibles to the book of James. And we are actually doing James chapter 3. Um, and we're going, to do the, we're going to do the first 12 verses. And what I'm going to ask somebody to do is, I'm going to, again, we're going to read it in a few different versions. So I'm going to ask somebody who might have the ESV version to go ahead and read James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. So here's what the message says. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is a highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was truly perfect, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of their life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild like a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Cursings and blessings out of the same mouths. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of cool, clear water, are you? Uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and for your faithfulness. Thank you for um, the time that you allow us to spend together getting into your word. And uh, I pray that you would make this time fruitful for your honor and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. What we're going to do today is we're just going to go verse by verse, uh, stopping where we think we might need to stop. Let's, so let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Um, verse 1. Some of you know that that sound of music, right? Uh, so here's what, here's what verse 1 says. And I found it interesting. I want to explore why this verse is even here. Because what are we talking about in this entire passage? The tongue. And the taming of the tongue. And the, the ability of the tongue to create chaos. I like the way that uh, the message mentioned that. The ability of the tongue to set uh, the world on fire is the imagery that we're talking We're talking about uh, bad uses of the tongue. Bad ways we use the words we have. Right? So, but it starts off, interestingly enough, with a verse on What? teachers and specifically it gives a couple of words to teachers it, it gives a couple of words what are some of the things we pull out of that one verse <laughs> teachers are held to a higher standard some shouldn't be teachers and as a matter of fact he says 
probably don't strive for that. Anything else? They're going to be judged. They're going to be held to a higher standard, judged more strictly. Why in the world, on this passage on the power of the tongue, do we start with a message to teachers? Don't aspire to, not many of you should aspire to be teachers. Not many of you should be teachers. Teachers will be judged with greater strictness. Why do we start with that here? That's exactly right. I have the ability to influence so many in a classroom. And if I use my words for the glory of God, and hopefully I do, you leave this place edified and built up and ready to live out the Christian life. But what if I use this forum and my opportunity to stand before you as a Christian to preach bad doctrine? Now, some of you, and maybe even most of you, would recognize that right away. But in a teaching situation, there's always going to be some who don't recognize the bad doctrine right away and who swallow it, for lack of a better word, hook, line, and sinker, and it becomes part of their day-to-day life. What have I just done? If I'm having a conversation, I might ruin the life of one, affect the life of one, but in the teaching setting, I can affect the life of many. And it's not just... Doctrine and sound doctrine that I'm talking about. It is, uh, what if I took this moment to bash on one of our elders? I don't know, say, Martin. <laughs> what if I took this opportunity to bash on Martin? Guess what? I've now affected... One, in one way or another, everybody in this room, because some of you are going to be thinking, I can't believe Orlando's doing that. And you're, you're going to be upset. You're going to be furious. You're going to be angry. There's going to be some of those. Some of you are going to be like, yeah, 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 I'm right on board with you, Orlando. <laughs> right? So it's, I, I just want to take a moment there because it seems so out of place for this one verse about teachers to be in this long passage about the taming of the tongue. But it really is a recognition of the power that teachers have. And it is really a recognition culturally of the position of teachers in that time. Everybody wanted to be a teacher. Everybody wanted to be a rabbi. Everybody wanted that prestige. There was a prestige that came with teaching, with being a rabbi. Uh, And so Paul is saying, you know what? You guys probably shouldn't aspire to that because they're going to be held to a higher standard because our words are powerful. So I just wanted to share that one quick thing out of verse 1 with you. So let's go on to verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body. So here, let's do this really quick. I want to make sure we understand kind of what we're talking about. He is railing against the bad use of the tongue. What are some bad ways that we can use the tongue? 
As a matter of fact, you know what we're going to do? We're going to let you sit, because we're going to let you sit at your tables for just a second. Bad ways to use the tongue. All right, so let's come back. So what are some bad uses of our words? Um, one of the ones that we talked about just a second ago is teaching bad doctrine, right? That's one of the things I mentioned a second ago. Uh, what are some other ones that you all came up with at your tables? I heard gossip. I just want you all to know uh, that I never repeat gossip, so if I'm going to share gossip with you, listen right the first time. <laughs> Some other bad ways. So uh, we're going to call that social media abuse. Uh, I heard something else. Lying. Negativity. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that with lying. I heard someone say waste of time. Who said that? Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, we're going to call that idleness. There we go, idleness. Something, yep. And uh, we could probably go on and on and on with this list all day long. We could talk about verbal bullying or verbal abuse. Uh, we could talk about just so many things that are the issue with our tongue. And that's why Paul does this section right here. Or rather, that's why James does this section right here. He does this section to say, hey, all these things are not acceptable to God. And here's, here's the thing. Uh, as we go on in just a second... It talks a little bit about how our words are like a spark and how it just takes a spark to do what? Start a fire. We live, we live in West Texas and we get this, right? We get this because all it really takes is for one person to flick a cigarette butt out their window on a very windy day in West Texas to land on some dry grass and then what happens? Literally massive fires that, that ruin. Who wants to make sure that we, we understand the gravity of what he's talking about? Because sometimes we see small things and think, oh, that's not really that big of a deal. But the end effects of it are catastrophic. We don't think that one word that we said because we were angry is a big deal. But we don't see what's going on on the inside of someone. Just to understand, again, we think it's a small word, it's a little thing, but we don't understand sometimes little things are a sign of something bigger or, or result in something bigger than it intended. Um, have you ever been either talking to somebody or seen someone else talking to someone. And I have to admit, this has been the case with my kids. I've seen this example in interactions in the past with me and my kids, and it stabs me in the heart every time. You're looking, you're talking to them, you're saying something, maybe you're angry, and then you just say one specific word or one specific thing, and then guess what you see? You literally see their countenance change in a moment. Have you ever experienced that? Like they were just fine, and then you said one thing, and immediately, boom, it changes. Maybe their whole body language changes. Maybe it's that slumped over, or maybe it's just the hanging of the head. 
But what we have to understand is there is weight and there is power to our words. Um, and that way that, that affects all of our interactions. And we, we continue to read, and we find out that um, if he says, uh, if we, we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, what? He's a perfect man able to bridle the whole body. So I want us to understand this for two different reasons. One, I want us to understand that we will never be able to tame our own tongue. That's just not the way it is. Because if we were able to tame our own tongue, guess what? It's so hard that if you can do that thing, you have dominion. That's what, the, that's what that verse is saying. If you can do that one thing, you have dominion over the rest of who you are if you can tame your tongue. We are going to say things that we shouldn't say. And it's not just about saying things that we shouldn't say. I think it's also about not saying things that we should say. It's, it's managing our tongue. It's learning not just to not say the bad things, but also learning to say the good things when we should say, to stick up for the person that we should stick up for in that moment, to give that word of encouragement when we feel like we should. Oh, no, they, they, they know how blessed they are. They know how wonderful I think they are. Well, maybe they don't. So it's, it's both things. And I want us to understand that the only way we are ever going to gain any semblance of control, even though we're going to fail, is when we ultimately yield our tongue and our lives to who? Jesus Christ. I think that's what James is really trying for here. Everyone stumbles in every single way, and the only way that you're going to avoid stumbling as often is giving your life over to Christ. So I really think it is about us remembering that we must yield our lives to Christ. But I think there's this other element uh, that is in there that I think serves us all well if we choose to remember it and, and we choose to use it, and that's this. We also need to be people of grace so that when Alan says something to me that maybe I could take offense from. About bacon? Oh, I'll be sure about bacon. (laughs) (laughs) I need to remember that just as I am a creature that fails with my tongue, a being that fails with my tongue, a person that doesn't have his tongue completely under control, Alan is also. And so I have that choice. I can choose to be angry at Alan and escalate things. And when Alan says something, something to me about bacon, I can say something like, well, you're bad at math. <laughs> right? Oh, and we can, because we do that. We begin to escalate things and, oh, you said that, so now I have to bump it up here. Oh, you you said that? Well, now I'm going to have to go here. And we escalate things instead of being being people that extend grace in these kind of situations and saying, you know what, that hurt. But I'm going to choose to remember the grace that God has given me and extend that to you also. Yes, ma'am. Above all things, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Uh, you're actually touching on several things that uh, I've, I'm, I'm going to be touching on. Um, it's Luke chapter 6. I have to admit something. I'll admit it. Like I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, I brought my notes, 
Uh, and then I realized they weren't my notes. <laughs> so I'm trying to do all this from memory. Uh, but I believe it's Luke chapter 6. It could be verse 35. Someone can double check that for me. But Luke chapter 6, 35 is that verse that you mentioned. And, and this is really important. It is from the abundance of the heart. What happens? The mouth speaks. What comes out of my mouth ultimately, and, and that's why James is really sitting on this, what comes out of my mouth is a revelation of what? What's in my heart. And I take that pretty seriously because sometimes people say something and then they, they try to cover it with, oh, no, 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 I was just, that was, no, no, that, that, I was just kidding, Right? And I've, I've had this experience where people say something uh, that sounds inherently racist, right? And then they cover it up with, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Or something that is uh, 100% offensive. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just playing. Well, no, guess what? What's happening is what is in your heart is bubbling out and over and expressing itself through your mouth. Was 635 the right verse? Is it 645? Can you read it? I love that. What version is that? Is that ESV? And the old NIV. Out of the overflow of his heart, the mouth speaks. And so that's why we're talking about all these things this morning. Let's, let's keep going on in the verses uh, here in James. Um, we're actually going to go to verse chapter one here in a minute, but we're going to keep we're going to keep on uh, here in these. Uh, uh, we are at verse three. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, and we guide their whole body. I'm sorry, one more time. It's been a long morning, and it's only ten thirty. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a, by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet boasts of, a, of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by what? Such a small fire. I found this interesting. It talks about our words being a fire. And I begin to think about how accurate that is. How are our words like a fire? Two minutes right there at your tables. How are our words like a fire? And then we're going to come back together. All right. So how are our words like a fire? What are some of the ways? Here's one of the ways, here's one of the ways I thought, as I was thinking, words like a fire. Um, here's the very first thing that I thought of. You can't unburn something. Like once something is burnt, it's burnt. Like you can scrape away whatever black might have been there. But guess what? Things are never, ever, ever the same. That still, at some point, was burnt. You didn't unburn it. You might have cleaned it up. And so that's one of the things that I think that we need to understand about our words. Guess what? Once I send that word out, I can't take it back. 
you run fast enough, you can catch it. If you run fast enough, you can catch it. I wish that were the case. Well, well I, I'd like to say I wish that were the case, but the truth is I probably couldn't run fast enough. So what are some other ways that our words might be like a fire? I like uh, the destruction, inflammatory. Ah, I like that. Because that was one of the things that I thought... Who said that? Because that was one of the things I thought of also. We, we think of fire, and even in this instance, because the, the example given is a large raging forest fire, but when we think of fire, there are also good elements to fire. For example, it can be warming. Guess how I cooked my tortilla this morning? Over a fire. And so it was, it was warm and it was nur- I got nourishment because of the fire. Words can be nourishing, right? So, uh, absolutely. So, and it really ultimately is what our words do as a fire will depend on where our heart is and if Christ is governing our heart. Again, we go back to that one verse that we, that we talked about just a minute ago. From the overflow of the heart, our mouth speaks. And so um, we can talk about words being a fire. Uh, let's go ahead and um, continue on. Verse 6, the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, straining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. That was an interesting, eye-opening scripture for me. Because it equates our tongues. It makes a connection between our tongues and hell. And I thought that was interesting because it's right there. Like, if it is a byproduct of hell and it resides in my mouth, what hope do I have? And I go back to the only hope I ultimately have is in Jesus Christ. Uh, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed, and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. We've talked about that. Uh, More than I can count. Um, No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Uh, And here it shifts a little bit. With our tongues we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. I want to camp there for just a second, because I know time's running out. Not only do we recognize the weight of our words to build up or destroy, ultimately our words are the way we interact with who? Everybody around us. I talk to you, I have conversation with you. And when I do that, one of the things that I think James wants us to remember is that this interaction isn't just an interaction with Alan. It's an interaction with Alan created in the image of God. I think we would do well to remember that. Because I might say things to Alan who's created in the image of God that I would never think of saying to God standing right before me. He is the image bearer of God. Each one of us are. That that waitress that got your order wrong, 
Golly. She's created in the image of God and should be treated like someone created in the image of God and spoken to like someone created in the image of God. All of us are image bearers. We bear the image of God. And that's why it's frustrating to me sometimes, the way we treat each other, the way we talk to each other. And James is trying to address that. We'll end with this, because like I said, time goes away pretty quick. From the same mouth come blessings and curse, my brother. These things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And here he connects it back to an idea that actually was presented in week one when Dan talked about chapter one. So go with me to chapter one, and I believe it's verse 26. It is. We'll stop with this verse. Uh, I think it's a great connection. But he said it in James chapter 1. If anyone thinks that he is religious, does anyone have a version other that says something other than religious? Does NIV also say religious? Okay. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, Again, these are his words, not mine. This person's religion is worthless. Vain is what yours says. This person's religion is worthless. This person's religious is vain. Religious is religion is vain. In other words, we can say that we love God and do all the right things. But if we allow, our tongues negate every other thing that has come before that. I believe what you say only if your actions back that up. I thought I saw a hand go up here just a second ago. Nope. So with that, we will finish. Uh, so let's pray. Lord, we come before and we thank you. We ask that you would allow us to be uh, people who strive to tame the tongue. We recognize that that's not ever going to happen by our own will of our own accord. It's going to happen when we yield ourselves to you. And so help us do that, uh, Father. Uh, help us not have a religion that is vain or useless but have our words back up the things that we do. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would be glorified. Amen.